And Jesus said, this is eternal life, that we would know Him, know Him. And then the Lord spoke to me saying that there's a generation that's consumed by power, but I'm going to consume a generation with my love, with my love, with my love. For it's not going to be the first great awakening or the second great awakening, but the greatest awakening, says the Lord, one that will awaken the bride and she won't fall back to sleep into her slumber. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. Consuming Love Ministries proudly presents the Father's Heart Podcast. What's up, guys? Tyler Medina here with another episode of the Father's Heart Podcast. I'm extremely excited to bring to you guys this series on the fivefold offices or graces, which we will be expounding on over the next five weeks. We actually just got done doing a five-week series at the church on the same topic, and I thought it would be a great teaching to bring to the podcast and make available to you all. This will not be a super long series in terms of weeks. It will actually be stretched out, but the content itself is going to be very touch and go as it's really just a foundational series on the fivefold. And we're actually going to do a deep dive and expound more um, in future podcast episodes. So if you guys have any questions as we go throughout the series, please feel free to message me on Facebook or Instagram at Tyler Medina, or you can email me at consumingloveministries at gmail.com. I'd love to talk with you and answer any questions you may have. However, my prayer is that as we go throughout this series, some of those questions you had will begin to be answered and new revelation will be unveiled to you. Amen. So I'm extremely excited to go through this series with you. I actually started um, at the beginning of our series with the church by telling the church that the Lord has truly been redefining the fivefold to me, not in terms of doctrine or theology, but as I've always believed in the existence, uh, relevance, and the great need uh, of the fivefold to the body of Christ, but rather he's been redefining the office versus the grace. And what I mean by that is this, an office denotes election, however, a grace of God is his unmerited favor given for the edification and building up of the body of Christ as defined in Ephesians 4. Nowhere in the Bible are they actually declared as offices, but always as gifts which Christ gave to the church. Amen. Now, throughout this teaching, we're actually going to dismantle some of the lies and misconceptions surrounding the fivefold offices or the grace, particularly in the operation of the apostle and prophet. What I find as I travel um, to preach and minister is a lot of churches, even within Pentecostal spheres, while preaching a fivefold government, only practice and walk in the operation of a threefold structure, being the pastor, teacher, and evangelist, with the evangelist being the highest ranking governmental structure, so to speak. And there are some actual Pentecostal churches who do not believe in its operation at all. Nonetheless, and for both instances, the fivefold is simply inadequately defined and understood. The fivefold is acknowledged throughout the entirety of the New Testament, not just in its existence, but also in its great need for the building up of the church, with Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Now we're going to read through, uh, through several scriptures throughout the series, not only to prove of its existence and operation, but also to solidify its function and governmental structure within the church. Ephesians 4, which we'll read later on in its totality, describes the fivefold as being placed for the equipping of the saints, for the working of ministry, and established as part of God's order until we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the full measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ, so that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. Amen. 
See, I actually believe a lot of where the church began to move into doctrinal error, heresy, and even the splitting off of denominations is where we rejected the apostolic ministry and broke off from God's governmental order and structure for the earth. See, the ministry was no longer subject to the teaching of the apostles and submitted to the council and leadership where someone like the apostle Paul could say, Church of Corinth, Church of Philippi, you're doing this really well, but there's some areas we need to, of course, correction. And by the grace and authority of God through love, they could cause a catalytic shift in the composition of those who they discipled, not by a whip, but by the shepherd's rod, gently guiding them back to the Father's heart. Amen. So to get things started with the fivefold grace of a pastor, um, contrary to Western context of their role, a pastor is actually more than just a senior leader of a church who preaches and leads a staff and takes up offerings and holds board meetings. A pastor is actually part of godly government and order known as the fivefold. It's a grace of God given to an individual and acknowledged and affirmed by other men and women of God. If you think in terms of judicial government, I would correlate pastors to the liking of a mayor in a city who focus primarily on the local government and connecting local leaders, which are in turn part of a greater picture. See, pastors are very much involved with the nurturing, shepherding, feeding, and maturing of the local body. They spend time on the ground with the people and personally disciple, prune, and nurture one's growth. They're influential in the role and function both to the, to the people uh, they lead, but also the community that they're a part of. They are recognized as men of distinct character and moral resolve. They live for the audience of one, and their heart burns for the Father and seeing others grow in the same love. See, they build with one hand and defend with another. They live a life of humility and weakness and are ruled by the heart of kindness towards humanity. They love people and live to serve, whether it's in the church, counseling, volunteering in the community. Their heart is to display the heart of Christ towards a lost and broken world. See, today we have learned to slap the title of pastor on everyone who serves in the same capacity or some capacity of the church. You all know what I'm talking about, worship pastor, youth pastor, media pastor, and whatever other name you can find. But friends, the role of a pastor is much more than that. See, being a pastor is more than just a career path. It's a high calling that lives in a low place, laying down their life for the sake of the bride. See, pastor in the Greek is the word poimen, which actually is used three times in the Bible, one for defining actual shepherds, two for Jesus himself, and three for the fivefold leadership role as described in Ephesians 4. An actual shepherd protects sheep from danger, leads them to food and water, guards the sheep from predators, helps to heal the injured, restore them to health, and they're responsible for the overall safety and maturity of the sheep. See, they're naturally focused on the local smaller picture, not as much of what's happening in the kingdom as a whole. Instead, they are focused on how well the existing believer is doing. They much confront the fear of man and opinions of people, remembering that they work for Jesus and are not subject to people's criticism. See, true pastors are not hirelings. I want you to hear that. True pastors are not hirelings. As the Bible describes paid shepherds looking for a paycheck alone, they truly and deeply love the church. They are carrying a piece of the overarching apostolic mission to build the church. But because their assignment is to focus local, they can actually lose sight of the bigger kingdom mission if they are isolated or disconnected from the other offices. See, the apostles and prophets keep the pastor tuned into the bigger picture strategy that's developing and growing beyond their local scope. The evangelist helps to connect the new believers and sheep needing to be matured. Their collaboration with teachers in the local spheres ensure the smaller assemblies are growing in wisdom, doctrine, and belief systems. See, they sacrificially love the sheep and are concerned with their well-being. The mature pastor understands that what needs to be done in order to facilitate the necessary health, maturing, and nurturing of believers. They live by example with compassion and generosity and kindness for everyone that they encounter, demonstrating the Father's heart and everlasting love for His sons and daughters within the church and outside of it. See, they teach us through example how to love one another in the world like Jesus. 
The role, as we mentioned before, is in local strengthening and guiding the elders and overseers. I believe they are tended to operate together in council with other local pastors in a region, sharing the joint responsibility to support, to guide, and to step in and assist when needed. See, they help to keep the local churches unified, warning about what could bring division or disrupt the family. They are highly relational, but have a gift to implement and develop strategies for health and the spiritual formation as a part of discipleship process. They flow within the church as pillars and parents to, dis- to demonstrate and facilitate and strengthen the family of God. See, think less of personally being responsible to mature a specific group of believers and more directly facilitating and equipping the everyday elders and overseers in the outworking of formation and ministry to the local assemblies and region in general. See, the pastors ensure that we understand how to be part of a family of God and empower us to grow in godly maturity and Christ-likeness. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22 says this, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Build upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him who the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4 verses 1 through 16. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he has also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. And he gave himself some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the full measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftedness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things to him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined in it together by what every joint supplies, according to the effect of working by which every part does its share, causing growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. See, friends, a pastor is part of a team of ministers who operate in a God-given grace for the body of Christ to come into maturity of faith, and this is to remain, according to Ephesians 4, until we all come into the unity of faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Amen. Well, guys, that wraps up this teaching on the fivefold grace of a pastor. If this ministered to you, please like and share so others can be blessed as well. I cannot wait to be with you guys again for the teaching of the fivefold operation of a teacher. Until next time, be blessed.